We've stepped into a season as a church family that we feel the Lord's just asking some things of us that, quite frankly, <clears throat> have been difficult. Without going into all that, what I do want to say is learning to esteem God's Word on an entirely different level is a really important part of the church being fed and nourished spiritually so that we can become transformed into who God's desiring us to be, who He's designed us to be. So out of worship each week, at least for this season, as we come to the table of the Lord and this focus, it's the tables in the auditorium to speak of the fact that we want to come to the table of the Lord. It's those of you online just glancing over maybe at your kitchen table if you're able to see it, but it just speaks of the place where nourishment happens, nourishment takes place. And, and again, we're speaking of a food and a nourishment that's beyond what this world can comprehend or understand. And so... What I want to do in this season of time is just right in this moment, in this atmosphere of worship, I want to just read the text of Scripture that will be our focus. For the morning, it'll be our focus in our groups. Rather than coming up with clever discussion questions, we just want to dig into the Word. So we're asking four simple questions for those groups that are participating in that particular vein. Others have different emphasis. But we're asking four simple questions. What does this reveal to us about God? What does this reveal to us about us? What is it that God's asking us to do out of obedience according to what we've read? And who possibly could we share this with this week? It's four very simple questions that just makes us all center more around what God's desiring to speak in his word. So in the, the context of 2 Kings 18, the king of Assyria has attacked Judah. And instead of the king of Judah, Hezekiah, trusting in God to protect him, how many know God will protect you? Instead of Hezekiah trusting in God to protect him, he begins to negotiate in the world's system with the king of Assyria. And the result is the temple or the work of God in the earth begins to diminish. This is very important for us to understand today. 2 Kings 18, 14 to 16. Lord, would you just bless the reading of your word? You would forgive us where we use verses to produce clever sermons. And we would recognize we don't need clever, we need power. And the power comes from the Word of God that is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. Let it divide soul from spirit in this moment and help us as the church to become more of who you've called us to be as a result in Jesus' mighty name. 2 Kings 18, 14 to 16, then... Hezekiah, king of Judah, sent to the king of Assyria, saying, I have done wrong. Withdraw from me. Whatever you impose on me, I will bear. So the king of Assyria required of Hezekiah, king of Judah, 300 talents of silver and 30 talents of gold. Hezekiah gave him all the silver which was found in the house of the Lord and in the treasuries of the king's house. At that time, Hezekiah even cut off gold from the doors of the temple of the Lord and from the doorposts, which Hezekiah, king of Judah, had overlaid, and he gave it to the king of Assyria. 
Lord, I pray that you would help us to understand every portion of Scripture that we read, Genesis to Revelation, is significant and important and life-giving. And I pray that today, Lord, as we center around this understanding of what you've chosen to reveal in Scripture, that you would deepen us as men and women of God, as sons and daughters of God. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Are you expecting? I'm expecting the Lord just to continue right in all of this. So just encourage somebody before you sit down. Give them a little smile or some encouragement before you have a seat. Tell them they're looking good or something. Well, welcome to the table. It's a good place to be on a weekend where we gather together as a church family, just coming to the table of the Lord, expecting something of uh, his heart to be revealed. So King Hezekiah, cooperating with the world's system, begins to step into a dynamic where the work of the Lord in the earth is diminished. And I want you just to think about this. Kind of the painful journey that we're on as a church family is coming to the realization, particularly now that we're working with churches, not only in England, but now in other nations of the world going further east, interacting with those pastors and those leaders. There's something that I just want to make sure we all clearly understand and comprehend. We haven't gotten everything right. The Western world church has not gotten everything right. I am very thankful for where we are and what the Lord has entrusted to our care and for previous generations that have handed off the baton. But my goal and our goal as a church family, as an eldership, as a team, as a staff, our goal is to get more things right for the next generation than the previous did for this generation. How many think that's a good goal? We want to get fewer things wrong, more things right. I heard uh, somebody, or I saw somebody post this morning, um, the church in Afghanistan is under uh, great physical danger, but not as much as the church in America is under great spiritual danger. And if we can just think about that and realize there is reformation that God is bringing to the body of Christ. There's some transition that he's bringing, and we need to understand it because in many respects, what we have done is we've built a church out of the world's system and asked God to bless what we've built in alignment with the world's system. And the Lord's trying to get us to get this right. And so I want you to see, this is really interesting. I've been kind of a little hard on McDonald's lately. Uh, I shared a little of the the guy who ate only McDonald's and his organs all started shutting down and... and, um, it was an interesting, uh, you know, project that he did, and the doctor told him, you're going to die if you keep it up. And so what I derived from watching that and realizing that is that you can have food in your stomach and die from malnourishment in the Western world in which we live. Not only that, you can be surrounded by people or have a whole bunch of so-called friends and be dying from relational malnourishment. 
if you don't understand the deep value of true community and the connection that God's called you to in the body of Christ. We are created in the image of Trinity God, community God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, community. We're created in the image of community God. There's a deep need for community. So when I saw this particular video, it just made me think about the world system one more time from this standpoint. And so uh, just a 60-second, I think TikTok was where we, we found it. Mm-hmm. It's in a box in my closet. This is the sack that it came in, and it was advertising a NASCAR race in 1996. So this dates the hamburger in its sack to, to 24 years old now. The French fries look like they maybe could have fallen under your seat a month or so ago. They've never rotted or decayed. The hamburger itself... The bread has never molded. The meat has never rotted. It's never even broken. It's completely intact. So, 24-year-old hamburger. Not sure what would happen if you ate it, though. Yummy. (laughs) How many preservatives are going into the food that we are eating for the sake of preserving the product in the market of a food establishment so that they can make profits. And how are all those preservatives affecting our human body? And why in the world am I talking about this in front of a congregational family? Maybe it's because we have so cooperated with the world system that rather than growing in a deeper understanding of our faith, we've more so created the product of our faith that we're selling that lacks nourishment and is certainly not appetizing to the world around us, unlike Jesus when he walked on this earth. I want to talk about the world system, the influence the world system has on our lives, and how the Lord is desiring deeply to help us break free from the system of the world in the way we think. So the world has this system and it's perhaps more prevalent in all of our thinking than what we realize. Would anybody agree with that? Are we all on the same page today? (laughs) How many know this is a painful journey that we're on? Welcome to the house of pain. Whatever the Lord wants to do, we desire for him to do that. So what I began to realize As a boy growing up in the world system, the world system taught me how men think about women. And then I tried to apply Bible verses to the very core ideology of the world system and kept finding myself unable to break free from certain uh, temptations in my life. And maybe it wasn't because the power of God's word didn't exist, maybe because the core of the way I was fundamentally taught to think is actually flawed in and of itself. And the Lord wants to go deeper and deal with those deeper issues. So uh, I just want to give a shout out of appreciation for Aaron Budd, Josh McQueen, who have spearheaded and come and just openly shared their own journey of breaking free uh, in the the wonderful world of pornography that we live in. Uh, And it's more of a battle in this room than any of us would care to admit. Okay, if we're just honest, 
and, and uh, we've walked through offering support groups for both men and women uh, in this, and uh, we're now reiterating once again this Wednesday night, if you're interested in coming and hearing and talking through some of these issues, Aaron's right here on the one, two, three, fourth row, um, and uh, he'll be here Wednesday night at 7 o'clock in room 505. Uh, right upstairs on the other side of that wall. Be a great opportunity for you to come and just experience, all right, what really is the Lord desiring for us to understand in this regard? Uh, I realized the world system taught me how to think about my neighbor. Uh, how many of you, you park your car in a garage? Just hold your hand up if you actually park your car in a garage. So uh, the way we tend to think about our neighbor in the world system is we get in the car before we open the garage door, we drive out of the garage, shut the door, drive off, and then we come back to a closed garage door, we open the door, we drive into the garage, shut the door, get out of our car. Our world system has taught us how to think about our neighbors. We have uh, uh, some weird ordinance because of where we live, and I'm not sure why. We're in Oklahoma City. I don't know all the details of it, but you can shoot fireworks in our neighborhood. So the 4th of July is this fireworks extravaganza every year. And like our neighbors shoot off these crazy fireworks. And so we were out there with our girls, Faith and Lexi, and we were enjoying ourselves shooting fireworks. And all of a sudden, our next door neighbors started shooting fireworks extraordinaire. Like, I don't know if they have a license for these things, but I mean, boom, they were up way. And so I'm holding my Roman candle feeling like an idiot. And so we just put our little stuff down and sit down and we start to watch. And suddenly this little voice of a child shouts through the shrubs from our loving neighbor's house, our fireworks are better than yours. <laughs> now, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. I, I uh, prayed about that and felt like the Lord answered my prayer in 1st of August when Fireworks Warehouse sent out an email saying that their fireworks had all gone on sale. I'm prepared for that child next year. <laughs> I have gone and told them, I want the fireworks that go the highest, bang the loudest, shoot the biggest, brightest light, all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, <laughs> for sure. The world system, I mean, it's, it's funny, but you all are wanting me now to have a bigger, bigger fireworks show, aren't you? I mean, it's just funny, the system that we tend to think in, the competitive nature of the system of the world and the way it begins to mess with us. And I just, I, I want to say this loud and clear, the world system wars against our ability to actually learn to live in, under the influence of the correct realm. The world system wars against our ability to learn to live under the influence of the right realm. You can live in this world under the influence of another realm if you'll listen to the promptings and directions and guidance of the Holy Spirit. 2 Kings 18, Hezekiah gave the king of Assyria all the silver which was found in the house of the Lord and in the treasuries of the king's house. And at that time, Hezekiah cut off the gold from the doors in the temple of the Lord and he gave it to the king of Assyria. Because Hezekiah didn't trust in the Lord his God, he was given to the world system, and as a result of being given to the world system, the work of God on the earth began to be diminished. And you and I as the church, if we're not careful, then we're going to be living our life and trying to even apply scripture from the mindset of the world's system. And what's going to happen is the work of the Lord is going to be diminished in the earth. 
I want to share this with you from a few different standpoints today. But it really is key to understand Hezekiah simply wasn't looking to God uh, to take care of him because he started navigating and negotiating the world system. How many of you know, how many of you, let's just take a vote. How many of you believe by a, uh, a resounding amen or a digital uh, emoji, a Holy Ghost emoji? How many of you would agree that God is able to take care of Hezekiah had he trusted him? Yes. Amen. We agree. Emojis abound. We agree. How many of you believe God is able to take care of you? Amen. Do you trust him? Yeah. It's an interesting response because it was a lot louder response of he's able. <laughs> then do you trust him? And I want to just challenge you in something because I just was really reflecting on this. As I was praying about this, in fact, I got two unusual messages that are unlike what I would typically get from two people I'm going to read in just a few moments and share them because I felt like it was significant as I was just exploring. Lord, what is it you're desiring to reveal in this? But God is so interested in establishing a people who truly trust him beyond the system of the world that he actually developed a pattern to address this continually throughout your entire life. So let me ask you again. Do you trust him? Yeah. Is God able to do this? Yeah. God's so interested in making sure that you learn how to trust him that he developed a pattern that would perpetuate throughout your entire life just to bring you back again and again and again that I can trust God. Giving has always been a part of God's plan for worship. There I said it. I said the G word. Giving has always been a part of God's plan for worship. The question is not, can you muster up uh, you know, the, the, the ability to be benevolent and try and help. This is not what this is about. It's not, it's, uh, I really valued, uh, months ago, A.T. brought this message about giving and, and he talked about the way we typically approach giving and sometimes we make an appeal to emotions and we say, because we're doing great things in our community and man, we're doing great things in our community. I say this so often because it's so mind-blowing to me, but for the mayor of our city and the police chief to come together and say, our church has started meeting 85% of the deepest needs of society right around the context of our church family. That is huge for us. That is huge. But the problem is I hear something like that and I translate that into budgetary terms if I'm living in the world system myself and I then share with you, give, because we're really going to make a difference and we appeal to emotion. And then there are other ways we appeal and we appeal to greed that exists within our hearts and we're actually saying, listen, if you'll give, God is going to really give back. And I mean, I can give you stories of how God has given. And then that permeates a little bit of confusion because what we're doing is endorsing the very thing God's trying to deliver us from ourselves. I mean, it's a confusing dynamic if we don't get this right. It's not about any of that. It's about your worship. It's about worship. It's about trusting God, coming back over and over throughout your entire life. Do I really trust God or am I going to negotiate in the world system and try and take care of myself? And during this time, I was praying about this and I got this. Here are the two messages. This is the first one I got. I'm not preaching on tithing and this will be all I'm going to say about it. So, so relax. I'm not chasing your wallet. I believe God really is after your heart. I believe God really wants to release something of God's kingdom in the earth. And that only happens when we truly give him our heart. This is important. Go ahead, everybody help me with that. I've been, these are, these are the two messages. I've been holding on to our tithe and savings out of fear, just in case we needed it. I realized I'm not trusting God if I'm depending on myself. 
Today I tithe, specifically praying the spirit of lack would be broken off my mindset and that we would remind ourselves that our provider is not found in men, but in our heavenly father. It's such a simple truth. So I got this message from somebody, and then the very next day I got this message. And again, these aren't common messages that I have an abundance of getting over the course of years. It was just so interesting. They came right at this time. The second one said, I started paying my tithes today for the first time in a long time, and the feeling of hitting the go button on the app was so amazing. I felt a huge weight being lifted off my shoulders. I know 90% with God's blessing is better than 100% on my own. This is about your worship. Do you trust him? How many of you know God can take care of you? How many of you trust him? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't try to make it happen for yourself. Learn to make it happen for others out of a worshipful expression for God and watch God begin to take care of you because you can trust in the Lord your God. What an amazing reality this is of the kingdom of God. So, again, this isn't my whole focus, and I'm not one to dwell here. Just, it's important that we get it, and, and, and kind of moving on to other areas of our life in general. How many of you believe we probably operate and function more from the world system than we realize? Like it's had more influence in our lives than maybe we understand. And, and for me, it's pretty obvious when I uh, stop trusting in God and I start taking matters into my own hands, justifiably so, because I can certainly justify. In fact, I can quote Bible verses to tell you why what I've decided I want to do is, is really what I really ought to do. I mean, a lot of times we don't even let the Bible get in the way of what we decided to believe. We decided. And then we try and use verses and we pull them and, and apply. And I mean, this is the world's system trying to apply the product of faith in a way that is self-promoting or, or self-gratifying or, or self, I'm self-absorbed in that approach. Jesus died on a cross at the center of the universe. The kingdom of God centers around his sacrificial suffering death. That needs to be a pretty marked component of every one of our lives. So... I recently, how many of you ever had somebody talk bad about you? Can I just say, just throw your hand up high, be loud and proud. People have talked trash. I mean, here we are in the social media world. How many of you had people talk loud, uh, you know, all over social media about you? I mean, I'm raising my hand. We've had a lot of excitement over the years. I mean, I've been here for 31 years, and, and it's been an interesting journey in that time. And, and 31 years ago, they didn't have these platforms to be able to just broadcast everything they wanted to broadcast. And so uh, everybody has the power now to share their opinion without any real responsibility relationally of doing so. And so what, what, I've, what I've learned is over the years, I've just had to kind of navigate through this. And I've got different things that I felt like the Lord's taught me. And it's been good. And I, I had a situation where I was feeling kind of attacked. And, and, um, and you know, uh, well, I was feeling attacked. Not kind of. I was feeling attacked because I was being attacked. And, 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 and the, the, the posts were there and the conversation was there. And, and, and it's just, you know, normal part of, of just life, isn't it? Jesus said, woe to you if nobody has a problem with you. Woe to you if nobody hates you. I mean, it's an interesting verse of Scripture where he's saying there's going to be these kinds of issues. And so the way we address this is then we have to console ourselves and medicate our anger in some way. And I was thinking to myself, and you probably have said this to your children. I have certainly said it to mine. Come on, be the bigger person. How many of you need to be the bigger person sometime? I'm even going to challenge that paradigm. 
Because I was reading in the book of Romans chapter 12, just pressing in and digging deeper and just, just not even thinking about this. And when I came to that portion of scripture in Romans chapter 12, where God says in his word, when people do you wrong, refuse retaliation, I came under deep, deep conviction. And I came to the realization that what I had been doing was making a decision that I was going to be the bigger person. I was not going to stoop to their level. And we should never be motivated. We should never be motivated to be bigger or better than anybody. We should grieve situations in humility rather than any kind of lofty attitude of pride that medicates our anger makes us feel better about those idiots that talk bad about us, stupid people. I mean, how dare they say anything about us? I was sitting with my oldest daughter, Faith. Hi, Faith. Uh, when she was really little. She was, she was so little that she still had nothing ill to say about her parents. I mean, that's how little she was. And, and so we were looking online, and I, I said, I wonder what happens if you Google my name. And I Googled my name. And I found that I was actually on an online radio program as the top five heretics in Oklahoma City. And I was just like, wow, I am online famous. And then I did something you should never do. I clicked the button and we started listening to this broadcast where they took a message that I, and I mean, it was a stupid message, just to be honest with you. I mean, let's just be real. It wasn't one of my best pieces of work, but it wasn't heresy. I mean, they were taking a, a 60 second clip and then before I finished what I was, where I was driving, they clipped that out and said, now ah, listen to this. And they, and so Faith is sitting there, look, I mean, she was like this. She was shocked, and she looked at me. She said, Daddy, why would anybody say anything bad about you? I said, I don't know. <laughs> but when they do, how do you handle it? Do you, be, do you become the bigger, better person or refuse to stoop? It's not about this attitude that helps me feel better about how I'm managing the situation. That's the world's system. It's a different system. Just hear it loud and clear. The kingdom of God is about the cross, not the sword. The world system keeps score. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. If you punch me, I will punch you harder. I, I, and let me just say, I'm actually saying this with kind of a feel of, yeah. anybody? Can you identify? If you mess with me, here, let, let, let's just take it to a whole note. You mess with my kids, oh, yeah, now i got the world system stirring us up. I'll take you out. I mean, we, it, it's just so wild when you look at this perspective, and, and I, I'm probably creating some inner conflict for you here, as well it should be. Because we're never to return evil for evil. We're never to return violence for violence, outwardly in the form of action or inwardly in the form of attitude. We are the type of people, according to the Word of God, that actually turn the other cheek, go the extra mile, bless those who curse us, pray for those who mistreat us. That does not line up with the world system at all. Maybe if the people of God started lining up with the kingdom system, then those that are dwelling in the world system would start to take note of something different about the way 
we are living our lives and where we're coming from. Well, I said it before, now it applies to all of us. The beauty of the work of the Lord, the beauty of the church is diminished when we live according to the system of the world. You can live in this world under the influence of a different realm. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. And it was really interesting during worship. Um, I just started thinking about the pain in the room behind the praise that was taking place. And I'm privy to a lot of situations because of conversations that we have. And again, I go back to this. I really encourage you. You can be kind to anybody. You can be. And you should be because you have no idea the battles that they're facing. When that person cuts you off in traffic and the reaction that is so common in my car when I'm with my wife and I see her do that. (laughs) She's a lawyer. She gets a pass. (laughs) but that that thing that just rises up yeah you know what honestly when the girls were little we're driving down the road and somebody cut in front of me and from the back seat my two girls who wouldn't know any better if they didn't observe an adult and they didn't learn it from this parent adult in the back seat they yell stupid people and I started, I started paying attention. My wife says that all the time when she's driving. It was just amazing. <laughs> now, forgiveness. Now, that's important that we think about. <laughs> the, the system has such a hold in so many ways and, and, and there's something deeper that can come out of us from a different system that doesn't have to hold the faculties of our imagination captive. So this, this week, every week, we conclude in worship. We want to take and just that which God's stirring in our hearts, we want to release that back to him. Also every week, we want to take God's presence that we've experienced to, together and translate that into real life as an actionable expression. In other words, not just being hearers of the word, being doers of the word. That's why we say each week, you're God's, bring God's presence to real life. You're God's presence to real life. Action point of the week this week. Search for opportunities to convert frustrating or disappointing or painful situations into opportunities to serve the Lord by sincerely blessing others regardless of what they've done. And I want you to understand just how valuable this practice can be. Because once again, while we're in a time of praise, I'm thinking about the moments of pain. And as I am watching people that I know have gone through so much bring their all to the Lord, how many of you know it means something more to me? It's easy to praise God when everything's great. Have you ever tried to praise God when things have completely fallen apart? The answer to that is, I watch many of you do that. I'm observing as I'm I'm realizing that Joe showed up on the keyboard today with his two children at home, with Autumn, his wife, with strep. And we command healing to those children in that household now in Jesus' mighty name. 
I'm watching as I'm observing Hannah, who's standing over here leading worship, and I'm thinking about all the months that we watched and stood and prayed as she was praising God through the loss of her marriage and continued to believe God and prayed God, prayed uh, to, to the Lord all the way through the restoration of her marriage after they divorced. God did a work, a supernatural work, and I had the privilege of standing before them on their second wedding to each other because God is the God of the supernatural. I watched that today. I thought about that today. I thought about Charlie and Dee Dee and, and how I've observed them as elders of the church and now a mother and father to the house as they worshiped God through the loss of a child. And their hearts have only grown softer to the Lord. You and I live in a fallen world, and you are not always going to understand everything that you face. But when you walk through things you cannot explain, do not abandon what you do know about who God is. God is good. God is faithful. You can worship the Lord your God when it goes your way and when it doesn't. Come on, let's stand to our feet. We live in a fallen world, but we serve a risen king. God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond all that we can ask or imagine. I was watching as Tara was standing here, unable to get the words out of her mouth during one of the songs. And I saw as, as the team kind of looked over and they started picking up because she couldn't sing the song. But I know what's going on in her family right now. I know that Ryan is out of town right now and they're believing for his mom's life and we're commanding life in Jesus' name. So when she's singing about the breakthrough, it's personal. Just open your heart. Lord, we are hungry for more. Hungry for more. We can live in this world and remain under the influence of heaven that you long to invade the earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth where we dwell as it is in heaven where we are influenced. As the invasion of God's kingdom comes into the circumstances of our lives. When we understand and when we don't, we will lift up our hands and worship the Lord our God. We'll open our hearts wide and declare the faithfulness of God will abound. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we love you. Lord Jesus, you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You came, you lived, you died, but you are alive. You're the Savior of the world. Every person in this room needs Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. If you believe that, say amen. Some of you may have said amen for the first time in that decision to serve the Lord and to begin to honor the Lord, whether you're online or in this room. We want to walk this out with you. It's important that you not only attach your heart to Jesus as your Savior, but you discover and explore God's family. 
And that's why when you came through the lobby, you saw tables set up. And it's our community group expo. And today is Discover Destiny. It happens three times a year where we're going to go out of here in just a few moments and go upstairs. For those of you that are interested in taking a step forward and just exploring more of who, who we are as a church and how you might get connected on another level to what God may want to do in your life in this house as a part of the family. And I would invite you to follow us out as we do that because there are some of us in the room that need to admit that we've disconnected from the church because of the pain that's happened in our lives and God wants to heal and redeem that pain. God loves you with the perfect love, but the church, his family, will love you with an imperfect love and all of that is part of the process of you becoming everything God's designed you to be. I want to ask you if we can just step into a time of worship before we're dismissed. And I want you to think about this. We... we there's something that God wants us to release in our time of worship. I'm convinced of it. This week, we went and celebrated. There were a few of us that went to the, uh, the cancer ward, basically. And uh, Gwen Mead, who's probably online with us this morning, on her birthday, she had her last chemo treatment. And when she came out, we videoed her ringing the bell and celebrating. All her treatments are over. We're believing for complete and total health in her body in Jesus' name. And this week, midweek, we had a worship night. Many of you were here for our worship night Wednesday night. And Angela Page uh, was one of the individuals in the room who we had a time of just praying for healing. A.T. was taking us into a little bit more of understanding of the Holy Spirit class that he's been leading on Wednesday night. And uh, we were just believing God for an outpouring of the Spirit of God. And Angela said... I have an uncommon brain bleed disorder that causes migraines. I recently went to the hospital where they found a non-cancerous nodule. I can go days with no relief, no matter, I, I cannot go days with no relief. Maybe you can correct, I'm glad you're here. Can go days with no relief, even taking medicine winds up back in the hospital. But that night, uh, Grandma Loretta and Rosalia began to pray over me. My pain stopped with no medical help whatsoever. It was like all pressure and whatever was going on in my head was released in that moment. Come on, let's just believe God. Let's believe God for his healing power. That we would step into all God has called us to be as the church. Come on, let's worship and let's believe God for his healing power to be released generationally beyond us as we believe God. <laughs>